Hey, ring the bell. Let's start the show. Welcome to week six of Wrestling Chat with Friends, the Tuesday show. I want to start by saying I am proud to be on the Family Podcast Network. Thanks to our producer, Cheats, who is actually going to join us live on camera today. Cheats, what's up? What up? Cam Jam's there too. Cam Jam, how's it going? I am joined as always by this week. He's the PLL, <laughs> the Premium Live Lament. TG, Tom, how you doing? I'm doing well, Elliot. Uh, don't try to to scan that thing that's on Cam's hat. It's not uh, a code for some kind of Bray Wyatt. White, Cam, white rabbit. Cam is the white rabbit. He is. I can't wait to see who he's going to have in the Cameron Six uh, going forward. Well, um, you can find us on Wrestling Chat with Friends on Apple, Spotify, on Facebook, on our Facebook page, Wrestling Chat with Friends, on our YouTube page, Wrestling Chat with Friends, and my personal favorite, the Twitter at, at @WCWFPod. We're here on Tuesdays and Thursdays normally. This show, as you know, is the WWE show. We've been doing some like week reviews, uh, match by match this week. I want to get away from that. I want to touch on a few topics, and we're going to introduce a segment today, uh, a Rate the Wrestler segment, a segment we, we do semi-regularly on the Thursday show. We're going to bring it to the Tuesday show, do a wrestler evaluation, and we'll do, introduce that later. Let's jump right in. Let's talk about SmackDown, Raw, but let's talk about the main scene right now as I see it. The Bray Wyatt character has been a little more flushed out. He appeared at Extreme Rules. He then was teased, I guess, on SmackDown. They replayed that, or maybe on Raw last week. But on SmackDown this past Friday, emanating from New Orleans, Louisiana, everyone's favorite town, he came out. Um, we, The three of us talked about it a little bit uh, on our group chat. But I want to get into it right now. I'm very interested in what y'all have to say about the Bray Wyatt return. He came out, he has new music, and he appeared to get very real. He might have gotten a little emotional. He gave a very real promo, and then all sort of shenanigans happened. I think some of us here in this room have some differences of opinions about it. So I want to go right to our premium live lament, TG. Tell me what you thought of his entrance, his music, and the effectiveness of the promo. Well, the, uh, the entrance is really cool as always. I th the, the music, I really liked his old music, so I'm a little biased here. I thought the intro with the piano was very good. And then when it got into the main song, I was like, eh, this doesn't seem to really fit as well. I thought in terms of the promo, I'll say this. The thing about pro wrestling is it's such a week-to-week -week thing. These are all points on a trajectory. And just because I may not like a particular point, I am completely open to the idea that the overall trajectory, once the picture comes into focus and the dots connect, may still be good. Personally, I did not like the promo. Here's what and, I want to know, though. Here's what yeah. I want to know. Mm -hmm. Did you not like because it was seemingly at first authentic and almost like a non-character? Yeah. That's what you didn't like about yeah. it. I, th okay. I think if, if you have that style of character, someone like The Undertaker or... Kane or Bray Wyatt, the people in that sort of category. This is me personally. I think you do those characters a disservice to have them express themselves in that way. Okay. Especially when you are neck deep in the reintroduction of the character and you have leaned heavily into these supernatural elements. If you had brought him back in a way where he this is he's going to be more authentic now, this is his deal. I wouldn't have an issue with it. I think that layering all this stuff in heavy on that aspect of it and then shifting to this doesn't make sense unless one, this is revealed as I don't want to say a ruse, but but a method by which he this character is is recruiting sympathetic other people to his new group. Okay. Or it is uh Something that he is, I guess, sort of uh, not sardonically, but 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 sort of using as uh, insincere that that the within the kayfabe of the character that this is not really as sincere as it appeared, and in fact he is really has all these alter ulterior motives to use this sort of type of of personality as 
uh, a leverage point or something to manipulate the audience. For ding, ding, but, ding, 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 yeah. ding, ding, ding. That's what I think it is. Okay. Cheats, do you recall yeah. uh, Tom mentioned, you know, when, when these promos are done counter to what we expected the character to be, what are some other examples of that happening? I'll see if you teach. Do you have one off the top of your head? Uh, Tom, did you have one in mind when you thought of that? Yeah. What would you have Tom? I think about, uh, and I can't remember how many comebacks ago this was, but when Chris Jericho was reintroduced and he would, the first, there were all these teases and then he came out and the first, the first promo, he didn't say a word. I remember that. And, yep. and it was very much. And then like the next promo he came out and he like had a t-shirt gun and like he was, it was became more evident as they went on. And I'm not saying this is that, but the point of the character was I am in fact trolling and also criticizing the crowd here. That's what I'm doing here. Gotcha. Um, I'm mocking you. I don't think this is exactly mockery, but I do think, at least I hope, it's manipulation. Because if it just, it, it turns out to be like, this was just like, hey, this was um, Wyndham Rotunda coming out and being like, I just wanted to speak from the heart. Like, I, that is, I am way down on that. I, I hope that's not what it was. Okay, Cheats, I want sort of yeah. similar question to you. I want your thoughts on what, how it made you feel when he came out to new music, how the crowd reacting to it made you feel, and at what point do you think the character was was more was happening more than Wyndham Rotunda was happening? Yeah, I think it was all a work. So um, I uh, I was excited because it is the most. If, if it's not the biggest thing in wrestling. It was by far the most intriguing thing in wrestling, especially for the last month or so forth. It was just like, what is this? What's going to happen? Um, I, I'm i with Tom if indeed this was like a one. Here's the thing. That's not going to be his character full time. So it's either it was either kind of a one-off thing, this is my first time back, or it's a part of a work where – I think knowing what we know of, of Bray Wyatt and his creative, it's almost it's for me it's almost like he's never not in kayfabe, right? Yep. So uh, I really just thought, hey, this is interesting. I really did think it was interesting. I thought it was cool the way that the audience welcomed it back. I was okay with everything. I was okay with the with the lights and the, you know, I was I was excited about everything, um, but I was still waiting if the shoe was going to drop during the promo. Or does the shoe drop, you know, in the next few weeks in regards to we know what the real plan is? This is not it. So Definitely not. Definitely so, not. Um, and, and I think they alluded to it when it like, you know, the lights go black and the, and the image comes up at the end. Right. I just I just didn't know if he was going to snap in mid promo like MJF when he first came back type thing. Exactly. Um, but yeah, this is this guy is is way too strategic way to like he's he's way too manipulative this is not this is not it and no one believes i don't think anyone believes that that was I, the real bray Wyatt. i was so yeah i was really sort of in somewhere in between both of you my wife was assembling a coffee table on friday night in the living room and at the moment she called me in to like say i need you to hold this part while i screw this part in i said okay well bray Wyatt's about to come out and do a promo so I had it sort of sitting on the floor on my on the on the iPad while I'm sort of holding this. So he comes out, he's swinging his torch around, and he immediately, you know, house lights almost come up, and he starts this sort of very human promo. And I listened to the first minute of it and was going, "Oh wow, wow, this is he's breaking it down." Like before he goes into whatever character he's going to do, he's given the, this sort of return that almost I think the fans like weren't expecting because it didn't fit the Bray Wyatt character, but it's it began to me like, oh, it's everything I've always wanted. I wanted to hear the, the real Bray or the real Wyndham for the first time in a ring. It felt right being away for a year. I wasn't even thinking, I wasn't even thinking about it until like another few seconds. It was really maybe the tone and, and cadence of his voice. It is the way Bray speaks, but it became a I, it just sort of like dawned over me. And even I, my son and Eli, who has been scared of Bray, we've talked about the last few weeks, he was watching it too. I called him down and said, Bray's in the ring. And it was this very human, like almost crying. And Eli was sort of fixated in. And I looked at over to Eli and said, you know what's going to happen. 
And Eli, it's just like when, when we told him about Santa Claus, he was like, yeah, this isn't it. And that's when it was like, it kind of like, oh yeah, you're right. This isn't it. And then I was waiting like Mark then for the shoe to drop. If it had not been that, if it had been, it was effective because everything he said were addressing real life issues. But as savvy as we are, we all sort of realized or hoped to realize, oh yeah, the shoe, shoe's going to drop. And then when the lights went off, Eli and I both looked at each other and was like, oh, what's going to happen next? I'm full on in. I like the idea that Wyndham Rotunda, probably in working with Triple H, what? had the opportunity to say that he meant all those things. Why are you calling him Wyndham Rotunda? Because he what? Okay, well, <laughs> I mean, I think, like it's I not think, a, even a Wyndham. It's a Bray Wyatt WWE. It, he's in course, WWE. He never even switched out. I'll I'll go to Bray. Well, it was Bray Wyatt speaking words that right. Wyndham Rotunda feels. Yeah, there I don't go. see. I disagree. Oh I disagree. well, he was talking about. Well, I think it's been well documented. He's had some mental health struggles. Right. He's lost, I also he's, think he's, he's lost some friends. The the fans probably have. Everything you're saying has elements of truth to it because, but they're also still very much a Bray Wyatt type thing. He could, I mean, I'm thinking. Now I understand what you're saying, mm -hmm. but it's also very much if you're talking about he's the Funhouse is like destroyed. Like he, like no one. He has the whole fear. What was the 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 fiend? And like he's had mental health since the whole time. So I think it's he's had this kind of multiple like all these voices fighting in his head and i think you if you look into just the character you can also play into that as well yeah so this, this leads to my question which is <clears throat> i think there is certainly a version of the next few weeks or months where quite obviously the white six is a stable a faction of some kind and there are certainly leading candidates for that that's probably the most likely scenario mm -hmm. there's also a scenario where these are just different, you know, this different faces of Bray Wyatt. All right. six of them could be Bray Wyatt. Bray, yeah. Wyatt's, right. Bray Wyatt's not going to be working with other superstars for a while. This story yeah. is going to flush out on its own with Bray facing all these other people. Now, because we've because of dirt sheets, we know that uh, names like Bo Rotunda. Yeah, I'm saying that his name's Bo Dallas, but Bo Rotunda, uh, Bray Wyatt's brother. <laughs> is likely to make a return to the company. It's natural that he's probably going to be in the faction. But yeah, I think Bray is going to feud with himself and these characters <laughs> as this as this one main new character who is going to be some sort of like leader, which will probably be revealed to be Bray at some point, which other character. I'm all for it. It's good that it leaves. It doesn't take... He doesn't get involved with Riddle or Miz or... Roman or anything like that. Here's what SmackDown was kind of an average show on Friday night. And they, oh, I this thought, Friday? what did I say? SmackDown this past Friday. Yeah. yeah you said this. Okay. I, I, thought it, I thought it was a fairly mediocre show that because they were, I mean, after the first inch, first segment, Bray Wyatt's next. They said it 20 minutes later, they teased out Bray to keep that fan base, which they knew they were going to have all hour. To give us a just fine show, but like they didn't really further too many other things too much. Are they going to rely on Bray? How long, much longer can they rely on Bray and the fan anticipation before they need to really pull some more triggers? Tom? Well, there's an interesting thing that's kind of going on behind the scenes right now with WWE. I guess it's not behind the scenes because now it's news, but <clears throat> they are shaking up their pay-per-view schedule moving mm -hmm. forward and that's by design they're going to scale back some of the events that they have had the premium live events as they say and so you're going to have a period of time between survivor series i think survivor series and royal rumble because they're getting rid of uh day one mm -hmm. that is going to be the longest period of time between pay-per-views since like 1994 it's going to be like over 60 days so the reason why that i see that as significant and ties into your question is you're going to have an opportunity to do a week-to-week -week build with no like oh it's coming up in you know two weeks from today uh type event that you have to push for right away for the first time in a generation that to me is ideal 
for telling, doing this kind of slow burn storytelling that maybe has a lot of nuance, maybe it does deal with different personalities or different shades of, of the same character, or conversely, is about assembling this faction where you don't have to add somebody every week. You don't, you know, you can you can pace it out over the next few months. So uh, to answer your question, I know that Fox was really, really interested in having Bray Wyatt on their show. So much so that the whole thing about Brock showing back up on Monday Night Raw was apparently like a make good to USA because it's like, hey, we have this big guy that everybody's talking, this big star that everybody's talking about. We'll throw you a, a Brock Lesnar bone, you know, and they were fine with that. So I think you're going to see, and this is going to be the interesting thing. You are going to see Fox lean heavily into this. There is going to be a lot of promotion that's probably a little frustrating because they'll be hammering it all show and you'll get like a little taste, maybe. Uh, but the interesting part to me is you also have this parallel track with Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns and the championships. Mm -hmm. And it, and I don't think that they're going to cross for a while. Uh, and, and it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of juggle that. Cheats, uh, who, does Bray, who does Bray face at WrestleMania? Are we, are, we too far, are we too far away from that? Yeah, I don't know yet. I don't know yet. Because, I mean, I'm still holding out hope that Hollywood's WrestleMania gives me a Rock versus Roman mm -hmm. championship in L.A. So, like, that, like that's my A-side, A, main event, you know, night two, biggest thing you can make, right? Um, but I want to go back just quickly because um, I, I don't – I think, again, this is the most intriguing story in wrestling. I'm still not convinced that it's the best story in wrestling, given that the work that the bloodline is doing. Oh, I don't think it's the Stammy. best. Yeah, 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 I agree. And and, and so SmackDown is going to be just fine as long as they have Sami Zayn cutting into – and, like, the, the right-hand man and the Usos and Heyman. At this point, Roman's still doing great work. At this point, Roman's a bit of an afterthought because it's just hilarious. Like – so, um, I it's a, it's a great way when Roman needs, you know, Roman's committed to this time, not as right. full time as he was. They've, well, they've, I, sol they've solved that problem perfectly. I love it. I love what they're, what they're doing in that sense. So I do understand what, what we're saying about, about Fox's influence in, in, in the fiend and Bray being this, this huge thing, but it's also, it's almost, it's really cool that SmackDown has, the Bray story and the Roman story and the bloodline story and what they should do. I think I agree a hundred percent with what you guys just said, keep them separate for as long as you possibly can. Oh yeah. So you have this ability and then we'll still go. We'll, we'll, we'll under the future in the show, but I actually really do love Brock showing up on raw and what they're doing with Lashley and Brock. I think it's good stuff. So they're they're making if not really really good shows they're making better shows but they're making points of these shows these high watermarks of these shows that now and every week uh, WWE fans uh, can look to and really say I want to see this part and we haven't had that in a long time so that's good no doubt about it uh, TG you know the off the top of your head the numbers from SmackDown it was I think two point two seven maybe so they're last doing week. It, it was they're it doing was, Two one and a half to two two and a half every week. Yeah, it was. I know it was up a little bit. I mean, they had had a good number the previous week because again, it was coming off the heels of. Um, yeah, it was the following week. God, now it, it's hard to keep track of the calendar. It was was it right before? It was was the, no, it was the go home show before Extreme Rules, mm -hmm. and then the most recent one was, of course, the first SmackDown after Extreme Rules. Both shows did really well. The most recent, the more recent of the two, did even a little better with with Bray on the show with the so, appearance of Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Yeah. Raw's been keeping up. They introduced Brock Lesnar on Monday. Uh, that feud with Lashley, I kind of hope, goes beyond uh, Crown Jewel. But that is going to be a bit. We talked about it last week. They had a great brawl to open the show. Uh, it, it Something happened on the show that I it sort of just thought about. It used to happen a lot more often than it does now. Now when there are brawls, uncontrollable brawls, you've got no names in black security shirts, you have all the all the producers come out. You know Adam Pierce and his cronies. You know Jamie Noble comes out to break it up. Sometimes the police get involved. When I was growing up, you know who the heavies were that came out? The other wrestlers. 
you know, when, when Dusty and Ric Flair got into it, you'd see the Rock and Roll Express come out, Brad Armstrong come out, Manny Fernandez, Wahoo McDaniel. That doesn't really happen anymore. So I was really happy when I saw Otis and Ali was out there trying to break up the two of them. More of that, less of less of these local talents or NXT call-ups who, you know, appear. You know, CM Punk hanging off the... Uh, the car on John Cena's WrestleMania entrance. You've seen those videos, right? Where you go back and see all these stars who they made their original appearance as part of a security staff. MJF was once a security staff for Batista, I think, or think Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe kind of knocked him over, didn't they? Yeah. Well, um, what I want to talk about is someone's getting a big push right now on Raw, and I love it. Mustafa Ali. He was the one kind of standing tall at the end of Raw last night. Never would have thought that in the last few years. He apparently is going to challenge Seth Rollins for the U.S. title. Cheats, I know you're a big fan of Ali. What did you think of, of this seemingly – who's behind this push? Is it him? Is Triple H always been a fan and have wanted him a lot more? And where do you see it going from here? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, what I do know is that people liked him. And I point back to the Paul Heyman, Errol Hawani interview in which Paul Heyman, who at the time of that interview was not in creative at all. He was, he was, he was not behind the scenes. He was just the counsel to the tribal chief. And it was a character. They had, they had taken him off all of his like behind the scenes responsibilities. But in that interview, if you listen closely, they were talking about like the embarrassment of riches and talented wrestlers that they have in WWE. And a lot of them, uh, he said, you know, may not have had the opportunity. And he single-handedly points out Mustafa Ali and says, that guy is a star. And, we, just, you know, we just basically haven't figured it out yet. Mm-hmm. And by hearing him say that, this is around the time, a little bit after that is when Ali asked for his release and was taken off the uh, taken off the circuit for a very long time. He was, you know, doing some social media training videos on his own that was like, I still got it. I still want to do this. I haven't figured, you know, haven't figured this out yet, especially with, with the company. Clearly we look at a guy like that and say, that's not a Vince guy. He's just not, you know, physically dominant enough, but he has an amazing backstory, Chicago police officer, all these things. And now, you know, he, they thought retribution would be the thing that kind of put him, put him in a stable that put him in the charge of it and so forth. That didn't work. So now he's kind of on this lone wolf. No no fault of his own, I'll say that. Yeah, it's certain. You know, I look at Retribution a lot like I look at Maximum Male Models, right? Like it's just (laughs) you you can't just throw guys together and expect it to work, right? And when it does, maybe it turns into something magical. But Like Maximum Male Models, for example. (laughs) No. Like maybe the Hurt Business, possibly. Oh, boy. Here we go. But Maximum Male Models is not. You knew that was coming. (laughs) my, my, My point is. All of these guys, whether it's Ali, whether it's Ricochet, whether it's uh, speaking of another person that you could have been talking about on SmackDown uh, or, or Raw the other day, Barrett Corbin, like all of these uh, individuals have immense amount of talent. They're some of the best in the world at what they do. And the question is, how do you figure out the angle that connects with the audience that kind of puts them over the top or who do you put them with? And so I think this character this kind of almost like a kevin owens fight 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 i'll fight anybody anywhere anytime type thing if he really goes in there with a professional like seth and and really performs like really does does you know you can almost get kind of that rocky turn for him uh i hope i hope i hope the best for him i I don't know to answer your question i don't know who's pushing it but i know if they let guys like ali shine he he's a really, really talented individual. And I think he will have the potential to, to keep it going up. But TG uh, agree, disagree. And your assignment here is give me one other talent like Ali, who is probably, who should also be in that position where Ali is, finds himself in now. Well, to answer the first part of the question, I, I, I agree with Mark. I think the interesting thing about Ali, the trajectory of Ali's career has been, it, there's clear. There clearly are people who believe in him behind the scenes and have been for a long time because they've tried to put him in a position to be 
impactful, relevant, et cetera. His in-ring work is terrific. And for diff- for a variety of reasons, it, it just hasn't worked out. And, and so Retribution is a great example where you already had something that wasn't working and you gave it to him to try to, I guess, resuscitate it or, or whatever. But already it was it was DOA before he even joined it. But there have been other times where, you know, he comes out and, and he said something, something to the effect of, you know, I'm tired of the status quo. I'm going to change it, blah, blah, blah. Three-week push, if that, and then rinse and repeat. I think this time, because of the clarity that now exists on how they program week to week, I think there's a much better chance that this will stick. And while I don't think he's I, – I mean, I, I could be wrong. I don't think he's going to beat Seth with the U.S. title. I do think that he is going to find now a, a real meaningful place within the raw pecking order and will start being you know involved more on a week-to-week basis. The big thing that I notice about all of this that's happening is that this is a really interesting thing that they are doing with Raw right now. I think in part because of Roman being, you know, the one champion, but also to, to the points you all have made to try to elevate like a certain group of, of guys is to really make not only make the U.S. title a bigger deal, but also to involve more people who are, who can all be elevated by it. So, you know, Elias comes back and, and he's, I think it's going to be, so I think it's going to be a four-way deal with Elias, Seth, obviously the champion riddle uh, to, and then Ali. Yep. And um, the other question you asked was somebody else on the roster who maybe could, I, I think before this week, I probably would have said Baron Corbin, Um and now I will say, ooh. I would have said Ricochet, but he's had more Ricochet, rub, more rub I've recently. Said, I've said this before. I, I think he is, with all due respect to Rey Mysterio and many other guys, I think from an in-ring standpoint, he's the greatest high flyer I've ever seen. He he is unbelievable. Uh, Ricochet is a good call, actually. Now that I sit here and think about it, I would say Ricochet. I mean, he he's a guy who he did have an intercontinental title run. Yeah, um, was, you don't think so, Cheetah? At this point in time, it's almost unfair to say this, but I do think that if you're going to give Ali a push, it's going to affect Ricochet in a negative way. Um, there's not, there's too, not, there's not room for both of them in terms of like, yeah, but like yeah, size. Yeah, of what they're going to want to do uh, in regards to, in, and you know what I mean. I, I just, yeah, I'm with you. I think, um, I think very similar trajectories in many ways because I do think that they've given Ricochet a lot of opportunities to display his talent, and I do think he gets. I think he's. Histor- if you're putting Ali and Ricochet side by side together, I think that they have actually um, oh. Rico- Ricochet has gotten over more with the crowd historically, right? Historically than Ali. I think this is Ali's time now. He's going to get this push. I don't think there's going to be room for a Ricochet now. Where is Ricochet on SmackDown too? Right? Yeah. He's on SmackDown. Yeah. Ricochet's on SmackDown. Ali's on Raw. Yeah, so wrong, wrong. Ali is right here with us. He's joined the show. Ali, welcome. I stand were, correct. We were just talking about you. Cheese, uh, <laughs> continue. Welcome, Ali. Yeah, no, I, I think we'll. I think we'll see a, a push. Um, I actually, I I don't know if Tom. I might slightly disagree with Tom a bit. I don't know if he beats Rollins. Beats Rollins, but there is a good chance I think that Ali comes away with that title. Crown sometime, Jewel. sometime. In the next couple of months, yeah. and we'll see what he does. As as Ricochet held, right? Didn't Ricochet mm-hmm. hold the IC title? He did not too mm-hmm. long ago. Um, so we'll we'll see it. The only speaking of those titles and trying to make them more meaningful and doing certain things with them, I don't know. The only thing that is interesting about that for me is that I do feel like Bobby elevated that U.S. title. Sure to did. a status where if we knock it down a peg, I don't know if, uh, uh, you know, a, a another mid-card cap. No, Seth Rollins is Seth Rollins. But Bobby did something with that title that I don't think has been done for a long time. And I, I, I'm, I'm interested to see where that title goes. Well, and I think the, I think the shift was, and it's, it's with Lashley and it's stay true with Seth, is that they made a decision 
that we want to put that championship on someone who is a main event we think of as a main event level guy. So this is obviously Seth's credentials are what they are, no question. Lashley had held the WWE title, you know, a year earlier or maybe even months earlier. So I think that that is again by design with you when you have the the world championships tied up with one person who's there, not there a lot of the time. And I think the interesting thing about when they took it off of Lashley is I, I, it's, a, it's an interesting thing about him because I never cease to be impressed every week with how crazy over Bobby Lashley is wherever they go so, as a face. And he's a guy who, let's be honest, he, his mic skills are – they're so-so. That's, that's right. not why he's over. But you're not, not listening to him. You're watching his muscles. You're like, is he bigger than the last time I saw him? How's that right. possible? Right. Also, the fact that the dude is like 46, 47 freaks me out. But I'm just like, good God, man. How are you in that shape? Anyway, the point is, uh, I think that he, him losing that title was a sign. It, it's counterintuitive, but I think it really was a sign that they were like, he doesn't need it. He he is so over that we can put him in a, you know. a, a, a good point. He goes from losing that championship to being in an even higher profile yep. program. It's a, a great point. And, you know, we were talking about Ali and Ali came on and joined us. So I want to, I want to let his, his namesake add his two cents. Uh, Ali, the wrestler closed Monday night raw by attacking the U S champ. What do you think of this? Do you like that? He's given this opportunity now. I know you're a fan of, of, of him. Huge so, fan. Huge fan. Yeah. So I, I feel like Maybe I'm imagining this, but wasn't he the original plan instead of Kofi Kingston? Didn't he get injured? And supposedly the rumor was that he was supposed to have that shot in um, Elimination Chamber. I remember that now. We yeah. got Kofi yeah, Mania, that, that, which is that awesome. Was, yeah, that uh -huh. was the Yeah, I think Ali's awesome. I think pairing him with Seth is excellent. I agree with some of you where you're all saying, I don't know where this goes, because like I feel like Seth has lost a lot recently, and he's just started to win again, and I don't want him to lose again. But is there a way to do this feud in a way that still gets Ollie over? I think possibly, but yeah, at some he's point, not, the, I don't yeah, think he's, he's not going to get fed to Rollins. Right. He'll, prob he he'll probably, he'll probably get a non-title pin or pin him in some tag team match to make him come out looking strong. Yeah. I, I can't say one way or the other, whether he's going to get the title or not, yeah, but it could be a good baby face chase for him. And I think he, I think with Seth, Seth is going to, can make him look awesome. And also they, those two can play off each other really well. Um, I'm excited. Ali is like super athletic, very, very acrobatic. And honestly, he's a little too much AEW for WWE, <laughs> but I think Seth will bring him down a little bit. I think Seth is a little more experienced in that way. So I'm looking forward to, you know, in this new era, in this brave new world, I'm open to where it goes. Whereas a year from now, I'd be like, oh, this is going to be terrible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's definitely been the mindset of a lot of fans, I think, where anything we've seen the last few weeks we just it's it's all been hitting there haven't been really any segments that lead you leave you groaning or like rolling your eyes out of your head we were just seeing too much of that so that the hits just keep on coming do you guys like my michael cole headset oh nice always is that, is that a new love, headset love yeah it. i really <laughs> love it okay well we're this this next segment we're going to bring something like we, that i teased earlier we used to do this on thursday show we still will we're going to do rate the wrestler and the wrestler that i've chosen to rate is someone that we've seen on TV for several weeks now, but has now revealed himself to be who he is. Max Dupree is now full on <laughs> LA Knight, and LA Knight came out and had a great match. He is athletic, he is strong, he cut a great promo before, during, afterwards. I was watching SmackDown thinking, strap a rocket ship to this guy because he is over and he is he's fantastic. I, he, he's probably one of my favorite current wrestlers right now because he really impressed me Friday night. So let's take a look at Eli Drake, who now goes by Max Dupree. No, he now goes by L.A. Knight. I think that's the character he was born to play. So we're doing this in a couple different and, – and Cheats can help me walk through this because I, I think I remember the, the categories we were doing. Let's start with technical ability. If For those who have seen him um, – in NWA, if you've seen him before, and then take the very small sample we've seen in WWE, but he had a good run in NXT for anyone who was watching that. From what you know of LA Knight, give me, I want his 
in-ring technical skills. Cheats. Yeah. No, I was going to say, I'm going to keep score because I've just got to okay. be 100%. Wow. I am not as familiar with the LA Knight work outside of a couple of NXT matches. So cool. I will keep I will keep the That's score, cool. but I, I do not think I have the wisdom on the history of all the names you mentioned. This is from what? So from whatever history you have of him, small sample size, large sample size, in-ring, technical ability, Ali, what you got for LA Knight? Seven or eight out of ten. And uh, I haven't, I actually didn't, I have the opposite from Cheats. I saw him in Impact in TNA, or, well, uh, yeah, it was Impact then as Eli Drake. And then I kind of lost track of him uh, in NXT. I didn't really watch him. I'd see him a few times and be like, why is this guy jobbing out to people in NXT? He's huge. He's got to be over six feet. He looks like he's 250 pounds. Uh, but yeah, eight, I would say seven, eight out of 10 from what I remember. Like nothing wrong with him. Seemed fine. Okay. So we're going to give him a 7.5. As you're saying, seven to eight. TG. So we're not using the five point scale anymore, just to be clear. Oh, we're yeah. We, were, oh, we, used to, we used to do, we used to do a, a five point scale. Oh, didn't I'll, give like. him a, I'll give him a four out of five. You give him a four out of five? Okay. We could, we could go. Yeah. We could do the, the five point. That's right. I, I mean, much like Mark. I, I have only seen a few of his matches, but being a low information voter never slowed me down. So I'm happy to give him a rating. I would I would say I was gonna say three and a half to four, but I'll go four. Four, four. four sounds right to me. I mean, he, he's definitely. I did see him weirdly enough. I did see him when he was on NWA Power. Yeah, just randomly uh, when he was doing that, and I was very impressed with him. So I'd say four. Okay, since you're keeping score cheats, I'm going to say four as well. I think he has the ability to to be a I wouldn't say high flyer, but he can execute plenty of moves off the top rope. He's not he's the kind of guy who will do maybe a suicida or two, but he's not going to be you know bouncing off a rope doing a backflip. But he has that. Then he has the power moves too. I mean, his finishing move is a high power move. The only thing I'll say is I know we're rusty at this. Uh huh. But if we're going off a five-point scale, <laughs> four. and everyone gave uh, LA Knight four in technical ability, where I know we were giving, like, you know, Finn Balor and Razor Ramon lower scores. I'm okay. just, it just I, seems... I've I'll grade mine like down. I'll, I'll grade mine down to three. Okay, let's move. Let's move. Let's move ours down to three. Good. Thank you. Yeah, for drop that. me to three. Drop me thank to three. You, thank you for that, Chief. We definitely <laughs> needed that. I'm just saying we have, have a, like I don't. I'm not calibrated. I don't know. We I don't have, have a sense. We right. have Hall of Famers that were getting like this is know, like we, the Dave we Meltzer much, star system. It just right. We were much. Right. We were much harder on like Hall of Fame wrestling. You're right. So you're like, right. Yeah. Let me just ask one question. So is the is the zero to five or one to five? Is it? Like the are we grading him against the like WWE tier of we feel, pro wrestlers? Would it be like better if we would it be better if we did it at, at a ten? Oh boy, let's not reset the scale now. Okay, <laughs> okay. Let's, okay. Yeah. okay. Here's the thing: Three. we are we are no, five fives are the best. At, I mean, it's a hundred. Okay. It's a plus. It is Hall of Fame wrestling type caliber. That's a five star. Okay. 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 Yeah. So, so the, one one follow up question. So just to be clear, is it a is it like a bell curve or is it like quintiles? In other words, are it, it's got to be a bell curve, I assume. Where like most wrestlers are going to be two and a half to three and a half ish, and then there's a handful that are fives and a handful that are ones that are on TV. Is that uh, fair to say? I think mine is probably quintiles because for me, I I give you a five out of five if one your work is clean and neat and tight, and two if you're athletic like you can do it you can go it doesn't you don't have to have abs but can you go in the ring do you have endurance okay okay i like that we're, we're all working on our own assessments yeah it's, it's, I'm, but I'm, like brett hart's a five like i'm yeah, saying I'm like dusty say Brett is just, the, that's that's Rick, my scale yeah. i compare like, him to brett rick okay. flair is a five like dusty Rhodes might be a four and a half you're saying with that with that said you're saying like uh, LA Knight at the time was at, at a four, like, no, like, I, I mean, I'm just saying that's fair. I that's think it's three, I think it's three, two and a half, three and a half. If you're, if you're happy, no, 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 I'm just saying three and a half. If you're thinking he's really good, but he's not like, is he, is, is he do, I mean, I don't, I haven't seen him enough. Is he Hall of Fame type technical in ring ability? Technical, hall, I think I mean, he's solid. I wouldn't yeah. say. 
I don't remember being super impressed, but I remember thinking, like, when I watch AEW, almost every single match, I'm like, oh, that looks sloppy. Oh, that's too slow. Oh, yeah. that's barely fake. But with LA Knight, I don't remember thinking that at all, ever. Like, when yeah. he was Eli Drake. And, you know, the only thing I will say as well is that maybe I'm shocked by these numbers because I don't think that's going to be his high watermark. I think when oh, you get no. to some of the other stuff, he's going to be higher. So, mm-hmm. okay, good. You're, right. good to you're, you're you were correct to round us down because I, I again, Absolutely. I've done this like twice before and I don't really have a sense of this. Okay. Uh, Chiefs, if you, if I'm not mistaken, the next one of the next categories was, was it charisma? And then we did promo skills or those two com- combined? Didn't we do? No, it was one, technical one skills. Yeah. The last one is ick factor. Yeah. There is oh. a pro. There is a promo skills. We don't so want to use Bret Hart's system, where it's like it was in techni- ring promo. <laughs> it was technical. I know technical promo. It factor. Gotcha. Okay. Well, let's go to let's I go to pro, let's go to promo. Now we've all heard him as Max Dupree. We all watched the transition to LA Knight. I thought it was fantastic. I'm going to start and say la knight's promo skills in the over the course of wrestling history as it compares to the great talkers of all time la knight is a four and a quarter oh gosh we don't have quarters quarters now then i'll just say that he's a he's a four he is a four he is he is a four on two because he is captivating he can insult you right to your face he's he can be passive aggressive he has and i'm sort of teasing the next line he has all the it's to be one of the best talkers out there so you know you you've made me think about how who i give a four and a half to so i'm gonna i'm gonna round him down to a four but it's a four with a bullet tg ah i was gonna say four and a half i think I will just say this four is probably about right because he does have some, and this is not necessarily a bad thing, but it's, you, you can tell he spent a long time on the Indies. His, his style, he's very, very good talker, but there are certain things about it where it's like, "Mm, that's, that's more of an indie type presentation. Again, this is not a knock on the guy. He's very good on the mic, but I would say four is probably right. Ali, you said four. Yeah. For all the same reasons that we're saying so far. Yeah, four. All right, there, TG. What's uh, what's from what you know of LA Knight? What's his and what you've heard? What's his promo skill? I, I thought we just said promo skill. Oh, yeah, we just said cheats. Factor, no, no, right, factor. What did you give for your score, cheats? I'm not scoring. He's keeping score. Keeping score. Okay. So finally, is it factor? I think the thing that's maybe most intriguing right now about LA Knight. When I saw him on NWA Power, um, I don't, TG, I don't know if you saw this either. Do you remember his promo where he cut down EC3 the way Adam Cole cut down Karrion uh, Cross on NXT? Uh-uh. He basically ended EC3's career with the dressing down he gave him. It was fantastic. Ali knows what I'm talking about. He's shaking his head. It factor for LA Knight, especially with the support under the current administration of WWE, as it seems to me, I'm going four and a half. I think LA Knight, Eli Drake, when he was an impact, he was known sort of in all those promotions as someone who had the it factor. He's had that it factor at every stage and every promotion he's been in four and a half for me, Ali. Yeah, I'd give him a four out of five because for me, when I think of it factor, a five out of five is someone like The Rock or um, Keith Lee. And he definitely, like, he's got a great look. He speaks with confidence. So I'd give him four out of five. I think he has more of an it factor than Keith Lee. I was going to say, uh, I would not blast, give Keith Lee. Blast five. I won't. I won't. Let You're not going to hear it. Over right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's interesting. Ali mentioned a word that I was going to use, which is. Although by definition, it factor is supposed to be indescribable. One thing for me is how sort of credible and confident does the person seem? And I don't just mean like credible, like, oh, Brock Lesnar is credible because he was the UFC heavyweight champion. And, you know, Matt Riddle was a UFC fighter. I don't mean that kind of credibility, which is part of it. But just do I buy it? If, when, you're, when you're talking, when you come out, do I, do I believe that you believe? And it overlaps somewhat with with Mike's skills, but there's something else to it, which I think is why this is a separate category. 
And in that regard, I think he is really, really good. Like one of the best that they currently have on the roster in that aspect. I'm going to give him a four and a half on this. Okay, so yeah, you're you and I are feeling it that same way. That it factor that you be, you believe that he, I can see him. He is the he is the in W. I think in WWE he is what Ricky Starks could be in AEW. Or if you went to or if, if Ricky Starks went to WWE, I see him and LA the LA Knight character, the confidence. The at sometimes yeah you know, not I went quiet confidence not the right word because those are both loud and boisterous but I think Ricky Starks needs to watch a little L.A. Night and I think that might be the thing that gives Ricky Starks the edge is to sort of almost they remind me a lot of each other Tom do you see any still I mean Chief, do you I, see I any do. similarities with those two do you also here's here's my I see the parallels of what you're saying in regards to standing in the company here's my question I would ask the group. Would you take LA Knight or would you take the Miz? I think they're very oh. I think they're very uh comparable comps, but I would maybe historically I would leave I would lean the Miz. And I'm trying to figure out if I'm wrong here in regards to these scores. These score let's just say these scores are very flattering to to LA Knight. I, I would give Miz a zero out of five on in ring. I don't what? like him zero. I think what? he's terrible. What? I hate his matches. I hate what? every segment he's in. I would I would take an LA Knight with one arm over 300. Wow. Wow. I, I think I I think we've ahead, seen Noah. we've seen what the Miz has done on the biggest stage for yeah. a long time. So it's hard to sort of kind of give a Really well thought out answer to this, but one I of them is forty two. One of them is thirty nine. Can you tell? Yeah. Do you know who's which is which? Miz is forty two, and LA Knight's thirty nine. Mm. I mean, that's if I, I think I would take LA Knight because what? oh, I, I'm, I'm thinking <laughs> I'm thinking nothing. I, th I think Eli Eli Drake, L.A. Knight character. I think join us, Cheats. Join us. Yes. No, I think L.A. Knight wishes he had the career that the Miz has had. I think yeah, yeah I think oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, no doubt about it. And I, and I, a great career, but it. he doesn't deserve it. It's, the po the point. I I, yeah, I I I have a problem right, with that. Let like, me rephrase. Stuff. <laughs> no, he doesn't deserve it. He works hard. I am not entertained by the Miz, and I never have been, and I don't like his work. I really I really enjoy him a lot. I, I, I'm a big fan of his. And see, here's here's the little. I enjoy him now more than probably I ever have, and I'm I'm sort of on Ali's side on this. I though have come to terms with the fact that this guy I saw in the real world has actually become a first ballot Hall of Famer, and he he's. He's great, but I do see what Ali's talking about as a pure performer and like what he's doing, what he's doing to me just right now. I would keep, I would stay on the LA Night Train person. So here's the here's the interesting thing about this because LA, you brought up a really good point. It, the the thing that makes the question difficult is that we have this enormous, from Ali's perspective, maybe too big body of work vest <laughs> that we can draw on to like think about the Mrs. Career. With Eli Drake slash LA Knight, for most for most of the people on this call anyway, it's a much smaller sample size. And also he has the uh the benefit of there's a lot in his bag of tricks that like I haven't seen. And so I'm intrigued by that. And the fans but are if, yeah, fans too. Right, exactly. Uh but if you say like, okay, on your all time like list of of wrestlers, like who are you taking? I take the Miz. No question. No who are you, who are you taking today? Not even all time, like right now. Well, now, this, now that's that's interesting, and it's funny because as soon as you brought up the Miz, Mark, I was like, "Oh man, now my scores seem too high." Because if I were to rate the Miz, it would be like, "Yes, in ring work, not great," but the other stuff, it's like, "Oh God, I would take him over LA Knight," and I gave LA Knight tremendous scores. Um, I think that the, the forty-two would give me pause. That's always a factor. Versus thirty nine, not the thirty nine. We just said chicken. we just said Bobby Lashley sixty two years old. Like I know. And, what and are we Miz, talking about like, here? Miz looks younger, to be quite right, honest. He does. I think he looks younger. Um, I still take the Miz. The the Miz is just he. 
has pr- it, he has a proven track record of being able to do so many different things, even outside the ring. Oh, the thing I was going to say that's that's like the kind of the little I don't know if it's a dirty secret, but the secret for me is of the three categories in in this for me, in ring work is the least important. Just as a viewer, for I mean, as as a fan of professional wrestling, which yeah. has always been entertainment, has been the, the, the entertainment's always been in the word professional yeah. wrestling. Yeah, I, I totally. Yeah, so I'm not saying it doesn't stars, matter. Like Hulk Hogan, arguably the biggest star of professional wrestling yeah. in the last 50 years, yeah. could not throw a punch. His punches were Correct. awful. Every time right. he that's would right. put his hand on someone and then punch them, it was so awful. But and I would also that's that would be my classic example. But I would also offer that you think about. If you look at the trajectory of, we said trajectory a lot today, by the way, uh, I'm guilty of that. If you look at the trajectory of Stone Cold Steve Austin's career, the peak of his popularity sure. was after he he hurt his neck or Owen Hart hurt his yeah. neck. Yeah. And his, like before that, he was a great in-ring worker. And after oh, yeah. that, he was fine, but it was much more limited moveset, a lot of punchy kicky, but attitude, it did not matter. He became the biggest star in the world. It was personality. And here's the thing. I think think L.A. Knight has some of that Stone Cold late in his career ability to – if he really is able to run with his L.A. Knight character like he was in NXT, he was a huge, tremendous star in NXT. I don't – that's the one thing I fully don't understand about the Max Dupree character to begin with is it kind of felt like you were making Adam Cole a valet, right? When you get to the main roster. Yeah. Because he was he was fighting Braun Breaker. He he fought Braun Breaker's debut match, right? Uh in the first match of NXT 2.0. Like he was a big deal and completely over in NXT. And then he comes up to the main roster, different name, different persona, different character. Everybody knows the LA Knight character had the ability to be a star. Now I is an interesting part of this when you compare him to other superstars, right? Because I do think he has the ability to be over, over, like big time over yeah. on the main roster. I may not say that today about some of the other, like if you even, we just talked a lot about Ali. If you were like, okay, you let let these two guys run for two months and see who comes out to be the bigger star, L.A. Knight or Ali. It's probably going to be the L.A. Knight character. Like you no, know, I can no, see no that. No doubt, no doubt. Um. So uh, yeah, I, I I think the scores are very generous. It was the first time back. We're a little rusty, but I do think that L.A. Knight has the ability, uh, if given the opportunity. Now, here's the interesting thing. So does Elias. So does Ali. So does all of these folks. And I think this is where WWE has to sort out, like we're saying, who's going to be in that that tier? Who's going to get the opportunity to really be a star? Elias. Elias is a glorified comedy act. Don't put Elias in that category. Yeah. Yeah. What? Are you crazy? What? Elias can barely not. Absolutely not. Elias. Elias. Elias is is entertaining. He's, He's... it's a I, funny. It's a gimmick. No, that is that is that is I, a I do enjoy the Ezekiel Elias thing. Sure, I I, I kind I, of I feel that. like I was gonna say I kind of feel like Tom now because I'm like I actually really like Elias and is, I like Elias. I like Ezekiel. I think he's funny. I think he's maybe two moves he does that are not like chokeholds. Yeah, no, no. Uh, Elias, Elias is Rick Boogs, who has worked out a little bit better. Oh, boy, Rick <laughs> Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, we're, getting, we're getting close to the end of the show. I want to throw one more thing out there to everybody before we send off. Um, I guess we should do our sort of – let's do a wrestling face or heel of the week. Is it, What do we think about that, Cheats? Can we do a wrestling face of the week, or sure. do we have time for it's one your, more – EJ the Collector, it's your show. It is my show. We're going to close it out with a, a face – of the week, do you have somebody who in mind that you either want to see good for that we haven't talked about so far, or someone who has done something lately in the wrestling world that surprised you? Um, you get you each get a minute and a half here. Um, uh, Tom's nodding his head, so it's full as yours, TJ. Can I go? Can I? This is face or heel of the week because I got a heel for sure. Face or heel, heel of the week this week, John Bradshaw Layfield. Yeah, let's hear why the work that he did in putting over, not only putting over Baron Corbin, but just the completely authentic heel heat that he generated 
was I thought superb, superbly executed because Baron Corbin historically has been somebody who, you know, he's got some good elements. I think we all agree with that, but it just hasn't quite whatever. He he he's a guy who, who probably it's like you look at him on paper and it's like man, he's got some. There's some good elements here, but the that old it factor is just for whatever reason hasn't been there. JBL did three great things. One, authentic, legit, you know, Texas, Oklahoma heat that they generated, which for a lot of guys is just very contrived. Like, hey, your local sports team isn't very good. But with JBL, it's like that's well credentialed. Two, he reestablished Baron Corbin's character uh, as sort of the successor sort of to, to JBL as the modern day wrestling God. And three on commentary, he said some really interesting things. Not only was it good heel commentary, but he also made the point repeatedly about certain guys not being able to cut it during the attitude era. And I think that's an interesting little wrinkle that could open the door to more stuff down the road. This is as, you know, and I was always, I like JBL. Okay. For the most part. But I thought he did everything he needed to do as a mouthpiece to really reestablish Baron Corbin. So he's a heel of the week for me. Cheats, who you got? I was gonna go. I was gonna get very similar. I was gonna get Baron Corbin. Um, and maybe now that I'm hearing Tom's explanation, it, it could be because of JBL's work. I actually like JBL at the desk. Um, still getting used to Kevin Patrick. And, oh, oh boy, he didn't even yeah. talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> go yeah, ahead. Sorry. yeah, still getting used to that to, to him and the voice. Um, and and so. I have been a Baron Corbin fan, and I actually think Baron Corbin's funny. I think he has like personality. Like I, I actually, I just like him. I, I, um, he's he's had a lot of iterations of a of a character, right? And the bum ass Corbin. I thought the bum ass Corbin bit of him. Like that was the best Corbin, right? I like him like hitting rock bottom and losing it, and like wearing the same shirt. It was great. I thought it was really great work. I thought it was those, amazing work. Those those three weeks when he just went unshaven and un- yeah, I just and so um, and I do think he's pretty good in the ring. So, um, I, I was gonna go my like the thing that I'm interested in seeing is how I actually really quickly I will say like with the ring attire and stuff I actually like it less than I did when he was like more of the either he was like a working man you know what I mean like I I I just hope I hope the best for him um he's also another one of those guys that's very transparent um on social media outside of the ring like he he is not the old school wrestler where you don't uh well they never break kayfabe he's like uh, like a cook, he's like barbecuing mm-hmm. and doing all kinds of stuff on social media. Well, and, and he and he's like really, he's like a funny personality. Seems like he's a good guy that guys want to be around. So for sure, for sure. I, I, I'm rooting for Baron Corbin in and, any and, iteration he has. And I'll come, very I'll come well around respected, on him very well respected mm-hmm. by the roster too. That's something that comes up a lot. Like you hear people talk about, like the guy works incredibly hard. He's yep. everybody likes him. You know. Yeah, he sort of feels like he's got that sort of Seamus lifer feel to him, perhaps. <laughs> Ali, face or heel of the week. Ooh, I'm gonna go with Dominic Domed Mysterio. <laughs> and just say really interesting. I, okay. I was not into him at all for months. I was so tired of seeing him. I was tired of that storyline. I was like, just get this over with. And this past week, I was like, his he is getting so much heat. And he's really leaning into the whole like, yeah, I'm getting domed, but you guys are jealous of me kind of thing, right? Like you mm-hmm. all wish you were me with Rhea Ripley and I was like, okay, okay, I'm into this. This is funny. <laughs> this is super interesting because TG goes with Bradshaw. Cheats comes right back with the other person in, in that sort of new combo with Corbin. You're going Dom Mysterio. The person I had in my head for face of the week is Ray Mysterio. And the, re- <laughs> and the reason why is because this man loves his son so much that he is willing to be humiliated. He's willing to, he's basically told Triple H he quit. I can't do this anymore. I'm done. He now, and he's currently the, the number one contender for the Intercontinental Championship, which, cause he showed up on SmackDown. Great way to end that uh, storyline for now by just shipping him off. But this man loves his son, wants to see his son get over so much hopefully has some idea 
about his current areas of opportunity and is working with him daily, you know, but what he, what he's doing this, what, how he's sacrificing short of his, almost his legacy to hope to get his son in a position and have a career well after when Ray stops wrestling. I'm, I think he's probably afraid they're going to cut Dom also if he doesn't get his act together. <laughs> so what he's doing for him, kudos to him as a dad, as a performer, because he's putting over his fairly mediocre son right now, making him look a lot better. And right. it's it's working. He sort. has gotten better. He's to yeah. his credit. I'm not saying he's great. I'm saying he's better. This the son of Eddie Guerrero should be doing a lot better by now. We all we all know that. Well, folks, we come to the end of our show. I appreciate you, Ali, jumping in. TG, I thank you as always, both of you guys. And Cheats making a rare on-camera appearance as our producer. Thanks as always. Catch us every Tuesday on your favorite socials, everywhere you can find us. We'll be back at it on Thursday talking about the other big promotion that we're actually counter-programming against tonight. So go enjoy it. Folks, it we might, usually... It might, it might be Wednesday tonight, right, Eli? It might be Wednesday this week. Could, could be tomorrow. I'm ready it'll to go tomorrow. Be, it'll probably be tomorrow. It's we'll probably talk. Tomorrow. We'll talk about it all twice a week, every week on Wrestling Chat with Friends on the Family Podcast Network. We don't count it out on this show. That we say that for Thursday on this show. We're tapping out. No more. Thanks a lot, guys, for watching. We'll see you next week. Peace.